Welcome to Ready to March, a podcast all about rock, metal and alternative music. I'm Kev P. And I'm Gem G. Each episode will bring you the latest news, talk about new releases and review gigs and festivals that we've been to. There'll be a smattering of guest interviews and a lot of random chat. As well as podcasts, you can also find us on Twitter and Instagram. Just search at Ready to Moshcast. Hello and welcome to episode 25 of Ready to Mosh. If we're sounding a little bit rough, we've both got the Rona. Yes, the episode that nearly didn't happen is actually the latest we've ever recorded. Yeah, as in to release date. To release, it's Saturday, but we've done some pre-research anyway in advance because we're good like that, and we've kind of changed the middle bit up a bit, narrowed it down. Yeah, it, it, we planned on a longer episode, but we think this is going to yeah. be a bit of a short one. Because with it being 25, we were like, oh, 25, it's like our platinum jubilee, have some fuss like the Queen did. Well, uh, that's not happening. Yeah, so we'll see how we go. Apologies in advance for any coughs, sneezes, sniffles, deep breathing. Just be lucky you can't catch it yeah. through a podcast. So, yeah, the news, I guess. The news. The news. Right, so news, we've got a couple of tour bits. We've got a follow-up from last week's announcement about an announcement. And just some other random stuff. Yeah. All right. Well, I'll go first. Yeah. Um, Slipknot's new album that's out uh, has hit number one on the US Billboard 100. So that's proved more popular than I thought it might. Yeah. People, I mean, no disrespect to Slipknot, people could just be getting it because it's Slipknot and they collect everything. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. But yeah, well done. I think it includes downloads as well, so... It does, yeah. I can't quite remember how it works, but yeah, I think it's a percentage of a. It won't be coming from my listenings of it. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever Spotify plays count for, I can't remember. Is that it? (laughs) (laughs) Cough one. Um, Right, I'm going to start with tour news because that's been quite. There's been a couple of big tours announced over the last couple of weeks. I think this one was actually announced just after we recorded last week's episode. Uh, but Maiden are on tour next year. They're doing an arena tour. The usual cities, Glasgow, Leeds, Manchester, Nottingham, Birmingham, London, in June, stroke July. Um, yeah, we've decided we won't be going just because we saw Maiden this year. We've seen them a few times. And yeah, there I've are seen, yeah. Other things we would rather spend money and time on. Yeah. And, no disrespect yeah. to Maiden, but we've, uh, we've seen them a lot. So We have. So I mean, There's other tours I think we're soon to watch. Yeah. Um, there's no news yet on the support bands for it, are there? Um, no, not at the moment. The other tour news I've got is that Blink-182 are back with their original lineup. Well, I say their original lineup, The lineup that most people are familiar with because Tom DeLonge is now back. Yes. Which is good news because that's the version of Blink we've seen. It is, yeah. When people were saying, oh, it's like the first time in 10 years, I was like, yeah, but we saw them not long ago. And then I realised, yeah, that it is was nearly 10, 10 years, years ago. It was, yeah, getting close <laughs> to 10 years. Yeah. yeah, they're doing Glasgow and Belfast in September and they're in London, Birmingham and Manchester in October. Yeah. So maybe, depending on the date, maybe possibly Birmingham or Manchester. I feel like Birmingham is a Saturday, but don't quote me on that. Okay. Yeah, tickets are already on sale for that one. I've seen people complaining about the ticket prices, and to me, they just seem like arena prices, which okay. are high these days. Yeah, I, th- I think now you're talking kind of like sixty quid for an arena. Yeah, it, it's just the way it is. Mm, I tried to look up Maiden, but a lot of the the normal tickets are sold out for them, so there was only like VIP stuff left. So it was hard to judge. But again, I think that was around you sixty seventy. Yeah, and it probably also depends on who you get your tickets through as well. Yeah. So ticket. So if people aren't aware, Ticketmaster are doing a throttling uh, kind of dynamic pricing on tickets now, mm-hmm. depending on obviously who the artist is. But they're they're using dynamic pricing. So the more interest there is, they basically just bend you over and fuck you in the ass. So you yeah. could get the same ticket as somebody else for kind of like sixty quid, and they might have ended up paying like two hundred. Just depends on how lucky you are and when you get your ticket. Yeah, definitely. And it can actually change at the point of ordering. Getting to the checkout. Really? I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah, I saw something the other day where somebody had, by the time they'd got to the checkout, the price had pretty much tripled. How can that even be a thing? Uh, because like if the, it's in your basket, it's in your basket. Yeah. UK government don't clamp down on this kind of thing. And that's oh. why, basically, because people kicked off at Ticketmaster's secondary selling sites and tried to get them shut down. It's kind of like, well, okay, we'll 
do it on this one regardless then. Mm. So that's Tor News related, I guess. Tor News, Ghost released another chapter in their series of chapters last night, chapter 13, which is, I won't go through all the detail of the chapter, just watch it because it's less than three minutes long. But at the end, it was, they need to talk about the summer European tour. No dates confirmed yet, just a little tease, but we'll, well wait and see. Yeah, one of the dates will definitely be downloaded. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll have to fight for tickets for that one then, will we? <laughs> no, that's true. Um, the, the the thing I said to you about Ghost the other day, how I think it was it Slipknot that did the thing on the boat? Oh, yeah. Um, um, not Cruise or something? Not Cruise, yeah. So I, I think Ghost should do a similar thing and call it the ghost ship. Yeah, a few bands have done one, haven't they? Yeah. Um, but yeah, that would be a cool idea. I'd be up for that. You wouldn't. Maybe sailing around the Med if I've got a nice good spot on, and it's a big enough boat and maybe and it's calm water. Yeah, I feel like they should do it around, you know, around Sweden, I guess. Oh, screw that, too cold. <laughs> You're on your own for that one. Um, but yeah, maybe download, but hopefully some arena dates as well. Yeah, I, th- I think they'll do both. I think they'll do arena dates after download. Yes, please. Thank you. Festival news. There's been a Bloodstock announcement. Mm-hmm. Nine more bands have been added. Yeah. And it's kind of um, screwed me up a little because some of these bands, I knew that they'd be playing a festival this year, but I thought it would be download. Mm. And they're at Bloodstock. So the nine bands that have been added are Church of the Cosmic Skull, who I'm not familiar with, but I love the name. Same. Biohazard. Back to their original lineup or something? I or think reform? it is, yeah. I think it's a reform lineup, yeah. yeah. Trollfest, Nonpoint. Whitechapel, one that I definitely earmarked for download, Ugly Kid Joe. Yeah, I'm surprised they're at Bloodstock. I am. They're a download band, they're not a Bloodstock band. They are, but then Bloodstock do have those little twists of bands that they do, are yeah. slightly different. Sepultura, who mm. I also earmarked for download. Uh, Anthrax are another one. That they I'd, could go either way, I yeah, think. Yeah, they, they can go either way, but I thought they might do download again. And In Flames. Again, they could be either. Could be either, yeah. Yeah. Um, for me, I don't think any of those are enough to sell me a ticket just yet. Still. I, I think the additions are really good. They're good, yeah. But like I In don't Flames, know. Anthrax, Sepultura, mm. Ugly Kid Joe, fans of all of those. Yeah, but I think I have seen all of them I've, already. Yeah, I, I've, yeah, I've seen all of them before. Definitely but... In Flames, Anthrax, Ugly Kid Joe. Yeah. Sepultura. I think we've seen well, Sepultura. Yeah, but then it's not Sepultura, is it? Well, it's not real Anthrax. Sepultura, but yeah. So I wouldn't be fussed anyway on them. But yeah, that's the uh, Bloodstock announcement. Um, I've got some breaking news that literally just came out a few hours ago. Yeah. Dun, dun, dun. Ivan has announced he's retiring from Five Finger Death Punch. Almost. Almost, yeah. The headline was he's retiring, not just yet. Um, they did a show in Denver last night, and at the end he brought his kids on stage and announced that he's going to retire, he's going to do one more album after this year, and then retire. But that'll be an album, then they'll have to tour the album. they tour the album, so it's probably going to be a couple of years. But yes, he is, um, apparently he's going to stick to it this time and he will retire, keep his word. But he's retired so many times before. I don't know if retire was the word, well, left. kicked out. Been in rehab, took a break. Yeah. Hiatus. He will be back when he needs the money. Yeah. Well. Yeah? Have you got anything else? Uh, the, well, the only other thing I was going to say is I expect, uh, what's the release date for this? Monday. Is it the, the 17th? 17th, yes. I expect a download announcement on the 24th. I expect one on the 31st because they're usually a Monday and ooh, Halloween. Nah. I think an announcement about an announcement on the 24th. No, I think it's, I think it's going to be an actual announcement. If you look at historically when they release um, like 2018, 2019, they were all around the 22nd or 23rd of October. They were. So I think oh. there's going to be a download yeah. announcement. Okay. Just one bit of local news as well. Local news for local people. Um, the Tap and Tumbler in Nottingham now accepts dogs. <laughs> accepts dogs, is that the word? It's now dog friendly. Yeah. Apart from after five o'clock on a Friday and a Saturday or any other night with live music, so it'll be too loud for little doggo ears. So yeah. I just thought that was really cool and sweet. And ooh, get to see doggos in the tap as well, having a mosh. Yeah. Right, so it's review time, and yep. we've got two reviews this week. Um, yeah. Two albums, they're both joint reviews. <laughs> Sorry, my brain's just, my brain went to shit. Yeah, mine's been nothing but, mine's even more so than normal, yeah. shall we say. Yeah, we've got two album reviews that we're 
doing together. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. That's right. The first one is Wednesday 13, Horrifier. Yes, well done. His ninth studio album. Yeah. And uh, one of his best. It's up there, I think. It's, it's definitely top four for me. Yeah, I would think so. Aside from us, I've seen mixed reviews on it, but then I think, oh, have we got Wednesday blinkers on? But I don't think we have. No. Well, anyway, let's go through the album. We love it. Yeah. For a start. So first track is just an instrumental intro. Yeah. I think it sets the album up nice. It does. It's like... It, um, it just builds a mood for like it. Like a horror film. What's the word? Opening credits? Yeah, kind of intro soundtrack yeah. tune. Yeah. That, that, it, it, it just really works. It's not too long. And yeah, I think I think it, yeah. it sets everything up perfect. Yeah. Then it moves into Insides Out. Yeah, which we reviewed, I think it was last week. It, yeah, I think it was. I reviewed the single and the video of that one. It's one of the slower, trickier ones. Yeah, and it's a, it's a bit of a return to like the Skeletons era, mm. which yeah. really works. And yeah, I really like that one. Yeah. And then into number three, Exhume and Devour, which I think is a classic Wednesday song. I've got very similar notes. I've got that it's a trademark kind of punk metal sound. Yeah. And it'll be good to see live if he does the mask wearing for this. Yeah. Because I think this is one when he wears the mask and Mm. it looks like he's got some kind of deformed body crawling around on stage yeah. when he sets everything up. It's, it's, I think that'll work really well for Yeah, that. I think that as well. And then you've got like a classic horror film intro to that as well, yeah. which is really cool. You're So Hideous, number four, that was, was it the first single? It's definitely been a single. Yeah. And that's I, really catchy. Yeah, I've, I think that's a potential anthem. Mm. Really great rasping vocals on this. Yeah. And it's another one that's got loads of great guitar work on it. Yes, I said that. I felt especially the um, slack and opening solo, isn't there, that yeah. comes back throughout. That's really cool. Good day to be a bad guy. Very catchy. This is probably my favourite track. Yeah, this one. The first time we listened to the full album, we were actually driving up the M1 last Friday. Yeah. So we said, right, we'll put it on together, apart from the singles. We hadn't heard it. And I was singing along to this, first time of hearing it. Kind of like the Fang Bang era. For I wrote this. that as well. Well, you wrote the I've Fang Bang. got very catchy Fang Bang vibes. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely from the from the, um, from and, the Fang um, Bang era. Got the oi oi's that you can just yeah, imagine exactly. coming yeah. across that. That's all yeah. I can think as well. Just oi oi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Proper classic Wednesday. Return to Haddonfield, track six. Obviously, feeding back on the whole Halloween franchise of films, and also harking back to the Haddonfield song from way back on Fang Bang again. Even the lyrics are regurgitated, but that's not a bad thing. No, it, can't, it, it works as a it new works, song. It works, and it's a slower one. <clears throat> and yeah, it is like Return to Haddonfield. You are returning. Obviously, the films are returning. Yeah, as, a as well. The other one it's actually quite out. good timing. It is. I'm sure there was some um, planning there to do that. But also returning to that track and almost returning to that era of Wednesday sound as well. Yeah. Yeah. I've got it as being a nod back to Fang Bang. Mm. And it's, again, this is one of my favourites on the album. Yeah. Really like this one. The next one up is Horrified. Hor- or is yeah. it Horrifier? I wrote Horrifier, but I, think it's horrified. I might have misread it. It's, my, my, yeah. it's awful writing. Um, I'd say this is one of the weakest tracks on the album. Yeah, this one and the next one, I think. Yeah, that's exactly that's exactly the yeah. same to me. Yeah, I, I think these are the yeah. two weak ones. They're I, not bad. No, they're kind of the fast, repetitive. They've got that kind of similar vibe to the rest of the album, but there's just something. There's something missing from it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were my thoughts for those mm. two. Yeah, the um, the next one, Hel- is it Helly's come in? Yeah, I'm, I'm not reading my writing now, and that's like a slower one again. And I yeah. just put least favorite next to that one. I think overall that is my least favorite, but it, it's not awful. I can listen to it, wouldn't necessarily skip it, but if I had to order them, that'd be at the bottom. I think. Yeah. Uh, next one, I thought this was kind of a little bit kind of glam, sort of crew. Sounding. I wrote that as well. I put eighties rock, poison esque stroke crew. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. just got that glam feel to it that yeah. he does so well. Um, yeah, and that, he's obviously got that as inspiration anyway, and it's coming through. Yeah. Definitely in that one. I guess it's not one of my favourite, favourite ones, but it's it, one of the middling ones. I do a, like it, yeah. and I think that one's going to grow on me, definitely. Number 10, Christine, and there's something in brackets, and I can't remember what it is, because I didn't write is it all something down. like Road to Fury or something like something that? Like that. I, can't, Wednesday, I didn't write it either. Yeah. Obviously inspired by the film Christine. Yeah, this is one I think is going to sound better live. Yeah. Yeah, I see it working live. While it's not a bad song, it's 
it doesn't stand out like some of the others do. Yeah. That could be the quality of the other songs, but it's, yeah, I think it's one that I think live will go down really well. Yeah, and I've put out, it's classic Wednesday, just kind of fast, chuggy, catchy Yeah, as well. And this is one of the first ones that I heard off the album because as part of the, the Necrophasers Patreon, yeah. Wednesday, when they were recording the album, he did do some like sneak previews. Yeah. And I remember playing this to you as well, and this got me quite excited about the album, like, mm. He's probably yeah, going I remember back you saying to, he's going back to what he was doing. Yeah, and he's kind of hinted at that with other, like the last album, I think, but it didn't really come across as that. This is definitely yeah. going back to old school Wednesday. And the last one is The Other Side. Yes. I believe it's a tribute to his late mother and Joey Jordison. Yeah, I think more so Joey, I think, with the lyrics yeah. coming through. But yeah, it's obviously it's a slower one. But I think it's a good ending to the album. I think Same. it fits really well. I think this is one of the standout tracks. Yeah. On it. I think this is an absolute belter. Yeah, I feel like it's one of those things that he had to do. Yeah. But he's put it in the right place and it fits in yeah. and it it's not completely out of place, but it could have been. And I think musically and lyrically, it's kind of mm. really raw and yeah. really emotional. Mm. And that kind of comes through on it. Yeah. Um, and I also think this would be like an old school lights out. A lighters out moment. Yeah, possibly. I don't know if he's playing it live or if he would play it live. But possibly at the end of a big tour, but maybe. I don't know. I don't know if he would. Maybe too soon, I don't know. It also reminded me of Oz's See You on the Other Side as well. Yeah. I I've not kind thought of about lyrically that, yeah. that was like it's a different sounding song, but it's just got obviously the same similar kind of, kind of undertones, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, overall it's just a fun Classic. I, yeah, Wednesday I think it's one of Wednesday's best album. albums. Yeah. Really do. Mm. So, what would you give yeah. it? Yeah. I would go for an eight. I was thinking eight and a half, eight possibly half. a yeah. nine. Yeah. I a, a, a solid eight and a half. Yeah. It's, yeah, I think it's, it's really good. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. You've got all the elements you want in there fun, horror related, catchy tunes. Yeah. So, go listen to Wednesday. Uh, next album we've got that we've reviewed is the new Chris Catalyst album called Waiting in the Sky. So we're not going to go through all of the tracks on this. Uh, we're just going to pick out some of the kind of like the highlights and the more familiar songs that people all know. Yeah. Um, yeah, we, we say that because this is a it's actually a covers album. Yeah. And it's uh, Chris Catalyst's favourite Bowie songs. Yeah, it's. Uh, I think he started it as um, a lockdown project. Did a couple of Bowie covers and then. It kind of snowballed into a full album. Yeah. And here it is. Yeah, and there's some there's some really interesting choice on here. There's mm. a lot of lesser known tracks, I'd say. I would album. say so. I'm not familiar with the originals of probably at least the first four or five, maybe. Possible. I know the first one. So uh, Yeah, you do. I wasn't yeah. familiar with that. When he played it me, I remembered it, but yeah, so there's some less familiar and some very familiar, I'd yeah. say. So we'll kind of focus on the mm. ones that people will probably know. So the first one is Speed of Light. Yeah. Which I knew anyway. And you that was one you weren't sure about, wasn't it? When, say when you played it, me. I yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, yeah. when yeah. Mm. Um I thought it was very similar to the original, uh, but there's not much to change in that because yeah. it is just an instrumental piece. Mm. So it's not not a great deal you'd change there anyway. Um it's just got more of Chris's sound to it, I suppose. Yeah. Similarly, Lady Stardust. I couldn't remember the original of this, and I went back and listened to it, and then it came back to me. It's kind of twigged, yeah. A long time ago, I did have a phase of listening to the Ziggy Stardust album a lot, and I was like, oh, yeah, remember this one. Similarly to Speed of Light, really, it's not a lot different to the original, but it's got kind of a, a Chris Catalyst twist to yeah. it. You can tell it's his sound that he's got on his other work and his vocal on it. Yeah. But it works well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've got Little Wonder Down. Yeah. Which is one of my favourite Bowie songs, actually, mm. from the... He did a drum and bass album called Earthling in '97. Yeah, which I've not listened to. You're not that familiar with, are you? But I, I mean, I obsessed over that album. And this is a really good cover. It's, uh, it's like it feels like a lo-fi indie version. Yeah. And and if you're watching the video as well, the video kind of works with it as well because it's it looks kind of like a bit Stone Roses or Charlatans. Yeah, I thought it had kind of nineties vibes to yeah. it in the video and stuff. It's one of my favourites on this actually. Mm. I, I didn't know how I'd take to it when I saw Little Wonder on there because I do love the original. But yeah, but it, it actually really works. Um, next one I've noted is Man Who Stole the World. Really, I've got Man Who Sold you, the World. <laughs> did somebody did somebody steal the, steal it as well? 
<laughs> was brain it... not working. Brain. <laughs> That's the one. <laughs> anyway. So I, yeah, I think this is closer to the Nirvana version. Yes. Uh, but uh, but faster. It's, it's yeah. a faster tempo than the Nirvana yeah, one. Yeah, it's kind of more guitar-y, but speeded up. Yeah, it's kind and, of what and, got. and with Chris's voice yeah. in it. Yeah, I think this really works as mm. a cover. Uh, it's definitely one of the one of the best covers of this. Yeah, and I like the original. Love the Nirvana cover, and this is right up there too. Ashes to ashes. Yeah. I've got which. I found really slow and really creepy. Mm, I put quite eerie. Yeah. There's something about it. It's just unsettling. Mm, yeah. In a good way. Yeah. It, like yeah. It, yeah. It's not, it's, it's not a negative comment. It, it just, it's yeah. really unsettling. I don't yeah. know what it is about it. Like, it just it must be the way it's slowed down. And, mm. But yeah. Really. Yeah. I think just the way it's, what's the word? Um, I can't think what the word is. What, the tempo? The... Kind of the tempo, the way it's structured. Yeah. I think that kind of adds to it. Well, yeah, and kind of the way it's layered in. And, mm, yeah, yeah. It, it does. Yeah, it really makes mm. you uneasy, I think, this one. Yeah, it's one of my favourites, actually. Yeah, I think it's, mm. it, is, it is a good version, this. I've got Heroes next. I've got Absolute Beginners. All right. Um, oh, do yours then. <laughs> sorry. Yeah. This is actually one of my favourite Bowie songs to start with, um, but this is a really good cover. It's a similar kind of... In tempo, I think it starts a little bit faster. Obviously, more guitar-y than the original. Mm. Kind of not heavier, maybe kind of thicker sounding. If that makes sense. Yeah. But again, it's got that kind of Chris's twist on it, and just sounds really good. Uh, Heroes. Yes, got that one. Yeah, there's lots of nice little layers in this, and mm. it's again, it's really lo-fi, and it seems to it almost seems to kind of combine previous versions that I've heard before. Yeah. In a, as a style. Mm. And then with Chris, like we've said all through, with Chris's yeah. kind of like twist to it. Mm. And so that this is actually a really good cover of Heroes. Yeah, I really like it. It's kind of it's kind of faster but not, and then it's got similar layers to the original. And yeah. Just what, yeah, it, it works really well. Mm. And when we do our episode that's just mm. Heroes covers. Yeah. We've got yeah, another we've one got, to We've add got in a new there. edition, yeah. Yeah. Overall, I'm not a huge fan of cover albums no. in general. But this is actually a really good one. Yeah. Works really well. And I think, yeah, Chris's voice, you know, he's a great musician. Yeah. And, yeah, I hope this does really well for him. Same. We have got a copy on its way to us. Yeah, we have. with us soon, a vinyl copy. Nothing to play it on, but we like to collect vinyl anyway. Love a signed vinyl. We do. So, um, yeah, go and check that out as well, whether you're a Bowie fan or not. Bowie fan or a Chris Catalyst fan. fan. Go listen. Time for Rock of the Week now, when we look back on this week in rock and metal history. From the 17th to the 23rd of October, I've got three general items, and I've also got a follow-up to last week. Wow, a callback to the last week. Mm. Go on then. So we'll start with the general stuff and I'll finish with the... Flashback, whatever you call it. Callback. That's the badger. Um, so, 22nd of October 2002, FIFA is released One by One. All right. Which was their fourth studio album featuring singles such as All My Life, Times Like These. And they got their second Grammy for Best Rock Album in mm-hmm. 04. It's probably the last really good Foo Fighters album as well. Yeah, I would say that actually. The other ones have been a bit more skippable. Yeah. More um, middle of the road, the other stuff. Yeah. Next up, we've got on the also on the twenty second. This is in nineteen ninety. Pearl Jam played their first ever concert, which was at Off the Ramp in Seattle. Okay. And then on the twenty second of October two thousand, they played a tenth anniversary show at the MGM Grand in Las Vegas. Oh, okay. Kind of full circle there. Yeah. And then my last general one is twenty third of October. 1995, Def Leppard got a Guinness World Record for doing three gigs in three continents in 24 hours to promote their Greatest Hits album, Vault, 1980-1995. That's where they should have been sent. Anyway, (laughs) ignoring that comment, Kevin. So they started out in London, they flew to Tangier in Morocco, 6,000 miles did an acoustic show. Well, they're all acoustic shows, actually. And then they flew back to London. 
did a show at the, I think it was the Bottom Line Club in Shepherd's Bush, which I think was free to competition winners on a radio station. About 900 fans, I think that one mm-hmm. was. And then they flew to Vancouver and that was, I think, about nine and a half hours flight, got to Vancouver and then did the final show there and, yeah, made it into the Guinness World Record books. They did have a few technical hitches along the way. I think there was some power issues, which meant they were delayed in Morocco and was it, there was something else happened as well. I can't remember what, but, um, yeah, good old trek around the world just to promote the album. Jesus Christ, that's some miles. I know. Something different to do, though. Mm. And finally, then, my follow-up to last week, if you remember the Muse v Celine Dion saga. Yes. And I said, ooh, I wonder who actually won. And you threw. I'll look it up, and then, obviously, in normal circumstances, would just forget. But I've actually remembered. Okay. So we're making the most of it. And who won? I'm going to say Celine's got to have won. No, Muse won. Muse won? Yeah, apparently... Muse actually owned the rights to the world to the word Muse worldwide for live and recording purposes. And so Celine Dion offered them £32,000 to use the name. Her lawyer said, well, we're going to use it anyway. But then she backed down and didn't use it. Oh, okay. I was not expecting that to be the oh, outcome. There you go. And Muse were very defiant about the fact because they didn't want people to then come to their show and expect to see Celine Dion, and they didn't want people to think they were going to see them and end up seeing Celine Dion. Yeah. And apparently those tickets for her Vegas, what do we call it? Residency. That's the one. Um, about a £1,000 as well. Jesus Christ. We complain about ticket prices. Whew. Yeah. Anyway, so um, me as one, Celine Dion now. Okay, I'm up for that. Over to you. Right, so my first one is Alien Ant Farm with Smooth Criminal which was released in the UK on September the 17th, but it was number one in October. So it must have been kind of a bit of a slow burner. Uh, And it was there for three weeks. And apparently Alien Amp Farm only made that song released as a single because they used to play a few riffs when they were warming up and they used to get lots of positive feedback. So they just just decided to record it as a a track and a single. And had fun in the video. And had fun in the video. And yes... Sorry, I was going to say something, but I've realised that's actually from another Alien Ant Farm song. I think I might have been thinking of the wrong video as well. Are you thinking of movies? Movies, With Pat Morita. And various, yeah, movies. Yeah, Smooth Criminal's got the... He's he's sat with the chimp in the chair. I've got the chimp. I'm getting them blurring into one now. I'll shorten now. Right, well, here's another one that's probably going to blow your mind. October the 22nd. I think that was it, October the 2nd. I don't know. (laughs) It was October the 22nd, so during yeah. during this period of time, there was an album released called The All-Star Sessions. Mm. Are you familiar with this? I don't know. It was by Roadrunner United. Okay. Which were Roadrunner Records. They came up with this idea to pull a load of uh, artists together and do one album. And I don't know how the hell I'd never heard of this. You had got Joey Jordison, Matt from Trivium, Dino from Fear Factory... Rob Flynn from Machine Head as captains. Yeah. And they all produced so many songs each for this album. How did I not know? No, they don't remember this. And I'm not kidding you. If you look at the amount of people involved uh, from who they chose to record on the songs, it's like a who's who of metal. It's insane. Wow, I'll have to look that up. Yeah. They only released one single and one video. And there was a documentary out in 2005 as well, about the, kind of like the making of. Mm. So I really want to get my hands on that and track that down. Yeah. But yeah, it's, it's like, as soon as you go through it, it's like the biggest names out there. <coughs> wow. Right, as we said before, we're going to try and keep this short because we've been whittling on a while. Uh, we're basically going to talk about things that are kind of 25 years old. Yeah, episode 25, so we found 25 things from 25 years ago. It's going to be slightly different, more in-depth on five things from 25 years ago, but we haven't had the brain capacity to go in-depth on anything, so it's almost a quick-fire boom-boom-boom of things. So it's mainly mainly albums and then a few musical events. events. So it's almost like an enlarged Rock the Week, really. Yeah, I suppose it is. So things that happened in 1997, which was quite a while ago and we were quite young. Mm. Ish. <laughs> mm. yeah. Depending on your definition of young. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So some of the albums that came out this year, uh, Aerosmith, Nine Lives. Mm-hmm. So Falling in Love is Hard on Your Knees. And Pink is on that album. And I always forget Pink is on that album because I always you think, think it's on the Pink album. On the one that's pink of colour. Yeah. Whose name recede, recedes me. Oh, whose name I can't remember. Whatever that pink coloured Aerosmith album a few years later was. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Anything to add to that? <laughs> no, I think you could you could have covered off the pieces I was going to say anyway. Okay, moving on. Deftones around the fur. Probably the... Is it the best? White Possibly Pony the second, in my yeah. World is the best. I think White Pony's top, but I think this is the one where Deftones finally got their sound right. Yeah. I think it's I'll, the one that I just that. kind of stopped and went, yeah, this is right. This and is... My Own Summer is obviously a classic. Yeah. Shove it. <laughs> yeah, my, yeah, my own, my own summer is just <laughs> incredible. Yeah. Uh, there's also a, quite an appropriate track on there as well for yeah. this time. Yeah, it's Die the Flu. Yeah. Like a premonition. Oh, Be Quiet and Drive Far Away is mm. on there as oh, well. I love that one as well. Yeah, that's mm. yeah, that's in- incredible. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Next up, Fate No More, Album of the Year. This has got some great stuff on it. Yeah. Ashes to Ashes. Yeah, which is... Not an, a Bowie cover. No. And it's a great uh, Faith No More track. Yeah, I think it's my favourite one. I'm not a huge fan of Faith No More, as you know, but I do love Ashes to Ashes. Yeah, I'm probably more of a Faith No More fan than you, I'd, yeah. I'd say. Uh, but yeah, Ashes to Ashes on there, Paths of Glory, Helpless, all really, really good tracks. Yeah. And uh, yeah, the vocal range is just incredible. So I, I love Faith No More. Yeah. Um, next one I've got is Him Greatest Love Song 666, which was their debut album. Yeah, I'm not a huge Him fan. No. And I was late to the party on the album because I didn't get into Him till the album after the yeah. Face of Blade Romance. So I then went back and obviously found this one. Um, but this one includes Wicked Game, as mentioned in our covers episode. Which is probably the only one I'm really familiar with on yeah. here. They also did a cover of Don't Fear the Reaper by Blue Oyster Cult, which is also a really good cover. Oh, right, okay. Similar sounding style, I guess, to Wicked Game, that kind of twist that they put on it. And Your Sweet 666 was the other single off the album, but great album as a whole that I've not listened to for far too long, so I'm going to maybe have a little hymn binge. Okay. Next up, I've got Limp Biscuit $3 bill, you I'm not overly familiar with that one myself, apart from... The single, Faith. Faith. Yeah. I think it was... Actually, it might have been a B-side. Was it? Thinking about it, yeah. yeah. I, th- I think this is still Limp Biscuit almost getting to that right point. Yeah. They're not there yet, but they they got they built some really strong foundations with this one. Mm. Uh it's yeah, it's it's a, it's a good album. Uh it's by far not the strongest, uh but it is, but it is worth listening to if you like Limbiscuit. Yeah. <clears throat> Metallica Reload, obviously the follow-up to Load. Yeah, were these released at the same time? No, separately. It was initially, I think it was supposed to be a double album, and then there were some delays in the recording, so they just went with releasing Load and then Reload after. Right. Okay. So, obviously, mixed response to this from Metallica fans, but I quite like I a think, lot of the yeah, tracks. On I it. think this is okay. Really like Fuel. Yeah. Memory Remains. Yeah. Better Than You. Unforgiven 2. Unforgiven 2. I kind of like, and then at the same time, I'm like, but did they need an Unforgiven 2? I know it's different to the original, yeah. but sometimes I, I know, to I know it, what I'm you like, mean. Yeah, you could have done a different song. Slithers on there. Slithers yes, really good. I really like that one. So as a whole, I think it's a good album. Yeah, it's it's not a bad yeah. Metallica album. Obviously, it's the the nineties Metallica sound that they turned to. Yeah, but, a lot of people just yeah. weren't struck on that kind of thing, were they? No, but obviously they hadn't got used to it from Load, and they were still complaining on Reload. But I like it. You like it. <laughs> Motley Crue, Generation Swine. This was when Vince came back to the band after he toddled off for a bit and they did an album with John Karabi. It has Afraid on it, which is one of my favourite Motley Crue songs. Okay. Or more modern Motley Crue songs, as it were. And it's got a really cool video with Larry, I want to say Flint. The guy that founded Hustler. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's him. Probably should have looked this up before. Yeah, it's Larry Flynn. Um, yeah, it's also got... I'm trying to think what else is on it off the top of my head. It's got that god-awful song Brandon on that they let Tommy Lee write and sing as a note to his son. And <laughs> He's he is, is such a 
That is the equivalent of Yellow Submarine by the Ringo Starr did. That's, that's what that's what's happened there. He's just gone. Yeah, let me have a go, please. Yeah, and the fact that he, I'm sure it's the last track on the album as well. Yeah, then yeah, they stuck it on the end. The song "Generation Swine" as well. That's quite funky mm-hmm. tune. Again, it's a lot of bands trying to bring that kind of '90s sound into their when they were from a different period. from a different period, and they're trying to bring in kind of synths and different electronic bits and stuff. And it obviously had yeah. mixed reviews from the classic fans and stuff. But it's not a bad album, and they also reworked "Shout at the Devil" for no particular reason. <laughs> different. Yeah. Next up's the Ramstein one. Oh, Sensukt. Yeah. Or Sensukt. Sensukt, yeah. Which translates as, depending on what where it redirects you or... Yeah. Um, it could be longing or it could be... Desire. Desire. It's yeah. one of those. This passed me by completely at that point because I wasn't into Ramstein, but retrospectively, yeah. it's a good album. Now, we've said before, I'm not a Ramstein fan, but this mm. has got Engel on it and I love, love that song. Yeah, that haunting whistle at the start that will be stuck on your head for... It's weeks. there now. Yeah. It's actually there now. I know. Uh, there's another one on here that I really like, and I can't remember which one it is. Du hast. Is it du hast? Du hast yeah, it is du hast, yeah. Yeah. Another classic. Uh, yeah. Then there is Colour and the Shape. Yeah. My favourite Foo Fighters album. I am I exactly say. the same on that. I mean, I like the first Foo Fighters album, but this is the one that really did it for me. Yeah, it's just I listened to this album so much at the time and since. Yeah, and it's, I mean, Monkey Wrench is on there, My Poor Brain. Yeah. Uh, My Hero's on there, which is probably the weakest one for me. Really? I think that was one of the singles, yeah. Uh, Everlong. Yeah, is, oh, that is know. probably my favourite Foo song. Yeah, I, I'm probably with you on mm. that, yeah. And uh, I think this is on my list of unskippable albums as well. Yeah, it, it's you could listen to this all the way through. And this is the one that is the first album they had as a full band. Yes, Taylor's first. No, no Taylor not, wasn't. Was it, wasn't no. was he? he was the one after. Yeah, it was William Goldsmith. That was it. It was on drums for this. Yeah. He basically went off in a huff, something happened. Yeah. And then they, they brought Taylor from Alanis, didn't they? Mm. And Dave Grohl was just blown away by Taylor. Yeah. So they did the tour with Taylor and then... On the next album, he then became the next permanent member of Foo Fighters. Just because we're a little bit Foo Fighters nerds. (laughs) Silverchair Freak Show. Yeah, I remember listening to that. I've not listened to this in a while. I haven't. I remember when Silverchair came out, and I absolutely loved that first album. And I was like, oh, it's the new Nirvana. Yeah. It didn't quite go that way, did it? Um, Not quite. Uh, But it's got Freak on there. It has got Freak, Freak, and I love that song. The rest of the album is a bit hit and miss for me, to be honest. Yeah, Cemetery's good. Yeah. And Petrol and Chlorine. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, I'm probably going to have to listen to this again because it's yeah. been such a long time. And I do listen to Neon Ballroom now and again. Yeah, that, that, yeah that, that was big. That's probably my favourite one, actually, of theirs. But... Uh, next up is Offspring. Are you going to pronounce the title? No, you or are you going to make me pronounce I'm you do it, cause you've... the one that can't pronounce anything? Ixne on the Ombre. Ixne on the Ombre. Yeah. Ooh. That's the one. Yeah. Um, I can't remember what's off on this off the top of my head. Um, all I want. Oh, was it all I want yeah, that was yeah, used yeah, on? Yeah, yeah. Um, I think that was used on the game Taxi Driver. Was it? Yeah, it was a big arcade game and mm. and Gone Away. Yeah, I love Gone Away. Mm. And this was this one before Americana. Yeah. Yeah. So Americana was the one that really changed everything. Yeah, really shoved them up there. Yeah. But, yeah, I think they are the two standout tracks on there. Mm. All I Want is one of my favourite Offspring songs. It's an absolute belter. Uh, Gone Away is great as well. And, yeah, I, I don't think it's a bad album. It's just not as good as Americana. No, definitely. But, but, it, is, but it is a good album. Mm-hmm. I think the final album we've got is by Green Day. Yeah, Nimrod. Just Nimrod, yeah. And I think Hitching a Ride's on here. Yeah, Nice Guys Finish Last. Yeah, Walking Alone. There's good riddance on here. Yeah, last track. No, it's not no, the last, it's not track. last track. Second to last Second track. Second to last track, yeah. Yeah, which is a really weird place to put a single. Yeah, it is odd. Yeah, it's all, it's, isn't it usually like kind of like track three, track five, track nine? Sometimes one. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah. Yeah, really, it's a, it's a good Green Day album. Again, it's not the best yeah, album. Yeah, I'd say it's an average Green Day album. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's probably in the middle yeah. of kind of like their best albums. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's it for the albums that we picked out. Obviously, a lot more came out that year. These are just some randoms that we... Some highlights that we some found. highlights we found. Um, so to continue, to get us up to 25 things, we've got some bands which formed in 1997, according to the World Wide Web, yep. if that is correct information. <laughs> so if we take them alternately, we have... Okay. American Hedgehog. My favourite pig-holding band of all time. I used yeah. to have loads of American Hedgehog posters yeah. everywhere. I had one on my wall at university. I saw them. They support Slipknot. That is incredible. In that's 2002. A good, that's a good gig. They were good live. And what happened to them? I think Have we done this before? I, yeah, I think we've done this before. But I think they disbanded yeah. a while ago. But I did, I did used to like American Hedgehog back in the day. Mm. Yeah, I loved that first... I'm assuming it was the first <laughs> album that they had. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think it would have been the first album, yeah. yeah. Anyway, next. Dillinger Escape Plan. Not a mahusive fan of them. I can appreciate some of their tunes. I first remember listening to them when they were, it would have been the year they formed and kind of like when they were just starting doing stuff. And all their stuff was always in Kerrang. Yeah. So it was always on the Kerrang CDs that you'd get every week. And I always remember trying to listen to them but ending up skipping, I think. Mm. They just never got into my head. They're very, I think they're an acquired taste. Yeah, I think I've seen these support somebody else at Rock City who were huge, who went on to be huge. Yeah, they oh. could have done. We saw them at Leeds, didn't we? I'm going to be honest, I don't remember. <laughs> we saw them at Leeds while you at what's that stuff called that you get at the fair? Candy floss? Yeah. <laughs> candy floss. Yes, I remember now. You insisted on getting candy floss. I insisted on getting candy yeah, floss. Yeah, it was a Sunday night, so I was trying to... Was that the drunk Sunday? That was drunk Sunday, and I was in a state of, I need to get rid of the drink before the morning. Yeah, oh, <laughs> And I was you were steaming. insistent on, drink, on drinking candy floss. No, I, I didn't insist on that. No. <laughs> Sidetrack tale there. Um, dope. Oh, Dope, how good a dope? Dope are quite good, yeah. That, what's the word? I don't know. I don't, I don't either. Kind of, not industrial, maybe industrial, would you say? They're kind of slight. It's slight, kind of like industrial straight new metal. Straight, yeah. And Their cover of You Spin Me Around. Is amazing. Yeah, and we saw them live a few years ago. Yeah, they were supporting Soil, Soil and Wednesday, Wednesday 13. And Static X. Static X. And that is a fucking great lineup. It was. It was a strange one, the Static X, which we won't dwell on now. Yeah. So that's a tale for another day. That's a tale for another yeah. day, yeah. They were good. Um, Soulfly. Yeah. Saw these. We did, yeah. Um, I think I was into them from the office, a Sepultura fan, and then, oh, Max is doing something new. Yeah. And it was in the good old days when Roadrunner always had those cardboard mm. albums. The cardboard sleeves. Yeah. Yeah. Got the first two albums. They were nice and cardboardy. And they were downloaded in 04 as well. Yeah. Saw them there. I think I saw them at Ozfest in O one or two, whatever year that was, two thousand one. Mm, I think O2, one. It? I think. Was it? Yeah, which was around the second album time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. On to one of the bands we've already mentioned, Soil. Yes, little Soil dude. They're cool. Yeah, <laughs> I've seen them live a few times. Yeah, three times I think, some like mm. three, four times. Must be. I saw them at TJ's in Newport in about two thousand, two thousand one. I've seen them at Rock City. Yeah, I've seen them there a couple of times. Well, yeah, more than once. Um, and I think Ryan is, is he doing some solo stuff at the moment? I'm sure I saw something about it the other day. Oh, is he? Quite recently. Yeah, mm. I'd, li- I'd like to see Soil again, actually. Yeah, yeah, he's a really good vocalist, isn't he? Yeah. I don't know what his solo stuff is like. I've not listened to any, but yeah, I want to try and remember to look up. Um, what's next? Hardcore Superstar? Yeah, they're um, some good old Swedish kind of glam metal, bit. Similar to Backyard Babies. Okay. Kind of vibe. So around 2000-ish, I kind of got into them, I think. I'll be honest, I'm, on them. I'm shaking my head because I, I don't know who Hardcore Superstar are. No. They totally passed me by. Yeah. That, that kind of modern glam metal Swedish okay. rock kind of. Like Turbo Negro no. sort of sound or? More like he, that kind of. Oh, right. Like oh. Backyard Babies, that kind of thing. Okay, fair enough. I don't even know if they're still going, but I'm sure I got their first... Two or three albums. Mm. Uh, three Days Grace. Yeah. Absolutely love Three Days Grace. Mm-hmm. I think probably the biggest thing is, is it Everything About You? Yeah, that's huge. That was huge. Uh, that was on Kerrang! every two minutes. Yeah, and they were at Download a few years ago? Yeah, was it 2019? Would have been, I think, yeah. Yeah, and I watched them in 2019, they were really good. Yeah, and I think the last one we've got is Taproot. 
Yeah, it's been a while since I've listened to Taproot. Same. I remember buying an album of theirs probably around this time. Mm. You know, in the good old days when you get three albums for a tenner at H&B. Yeah. Three I've... for 20. Um, Can't remember. Anyway, yeah. I bought an album by them on CD. Yeah. Okay. So the next part, reformed bands. Yeah. So first one is the original Sabbath. Yeah. As, or as close to the original Sabbath as you could get. Yeah. That was definitely one of the big ones that year. Yep, and then Jane's Addiction reformed and also disbanded again. In the same same year. year. Yeah, Uh, hardly surprising, really. Mm. Suicidal Tendencies. Yeah. I love Suicidal Tendencies. Uh, I've seen them a couple of times. Yeah, I think I've seen them once at Download. Yeah, they they, uh, reformed that. They reformed this year. Really good to see them. And finally, for the last two things, we've got bands that broke up in 1997. Yeah. First one we have is Rollins Band. Yeah, classic Beavis and Butthead staple go-to music. Yeah. Yeah. And the last one is Soundgarden, one of my favourite bands of all time. But they did subsequently reform. They did subsequently reform and we got to see them at download. So. We did, so at least we took that one I t- off. I took that one off, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that's 25 things that happened in 25 years ago. Yeah. In 1997. <clears throat> and now we're going to pause and have a cough and a we're drink gonna... and carry on for the final part of the show. Yeah. <laughs> Finally, as always then, it's time for the Ready to Mosh recommendation. And this week it is someone who we have already mentioned in this episode because we reviewed his album, but we thought he also deserved to be a recommendation because not enough people know about him. And it is Chris Catalyst. Yes, and they should know about him because he's fucking awesome. Absolutely. We kind of came across him by accident yep. in that... He was the support for Massive Wagons. Yes, on their tour last year, September 21. We looked him up beforehand, as we tend to do with support bands. Yep. We really liked his stuff, so made sure we got in there early, and he was amazing live. He was, and we also picked up a signed Kaleidoscope album. We did, signed by Chris and his cat Rose. Yeah, <laughs> so we, we've got that happily on display. We, we don't know how we, we've we not come across Chris before. No, when we look back on who he's worked with, and they're all bands that we like or love. Yeah, and again, and we've seen a lot of these bands as well. So there's bands like The Professionals, which was uh, X-Pistols kind of shoot off, uh, Sisters of Mercy, Ginger Wildheart, Ugly Kid Joe, Terrorvision. And he's also a nameless ghoul. Yeah, which you you actually said you called that you called that a while ago. Yeah, yeah. To be honest, although as a ghost fan, I never really felt the need to look into the nameless ghouls prior to yeah. anything because I didn't feel the need to. And then I saw something on Twitter that kind of implied that he was, and you didn't believe me. It's not I didn't believe you. I thought well. the I thought the evidence that was presented was very very circumstantial. But then, at the end of the European tour in May this year, all the ghouls were the word, outed. Outed, yes. <laughs> so it is official that yes, Chris Catalyst is ether ghoul. Yeah. Just going back to the Kaleidoscope thing as well. Kaleidoscope got to number three in the rock and metal chart, mm. uh, and the album was in the top twenty-five in the UK official albums chart. Yeah, it did really well. That album. It's a really good album. Though, it is a it really good album. Yeah, yeah. If you want something. Generally uplifting to listen to, would you say? I'd say it takes you through a mixture of things. Yeah. Uh, but I, I love the album. Mm. And yeah, and the other thing as well, probably something else that even if people are familiar with Chris that they might not also know, is that over the pandemic, he raised over £17,000 mm. for various charities, including Samaritans, Hope Not Hate, Music Venue, Trust and Mind. Yes. Was that his live YouTube? It was. It was the live yeah. YouTube things where it was a basically pay as much as you want kind of thing. Yeah. And to do that and release 17K, mm. you know, during a pandemic, that's... That's great. Really great good going. Um, yeah, so he's been with all those different bands. He's also got his own band, Eureka Machines, which have been going since about 2007. They've yeah. got five albums now. Mm-hmm. All really good kind of, not poppy rock, but kind of upbeat, kind of classic rock. Yeah. Slightly lighter yeah. than... Yeah, so kind of similar vibes, I guess, to Terrorvision, The Wild Hearts, yeah. that kind of thing, and his solo stuff as well. Yeah, solo stuff, so yeah. So, yeah, he's got all that going on, as well as his three solo albums. So we've got the one that we mentioned in the review, mm-hmm. 
Bowie Covers album, and then he's got Life is Often Brilliant, which is his first solo album, and then Kaleidoscope, which he mentioned earlier. Yep. So he's got massive kind of 20-year music CV that you can go and look back on. Loads of great stuff on there, aside from Ghost. I think he's just an aside because he's a great musician. Yeah. And he's been right. An amazing guitarist within the live performances of Ghost, but in his own right, deserves a lot more credit. If you are not familiar with him, he's actually got his own intro to Chris Catalyst playlist on Spotify, which I think is called An Introduction to Chris Catalyst, and it's got various bits bits of his musical career on there with Eureka Machines and his solo stuff and a couple of other bits. So definitely recommend it. It's about an hour's worth. Go and dip into that, have a listen, and then go check out his other stuff as well. If you want to buy his latest album, that is on his web store. So if you just Google Chris Catalyst merch, it comes up. Yeah. You can buy that. There's usually got signed versions of things that you can buy as well. And fun fact, he was once in an episode of Neighbours. Really? Yeah. Massive Neighbours fan. And when he was in Australia, he's got a friend who enabled him to have a tour of the set and stuff. And he ended up as a um, a background person. I think he was pointing at a non-existent duck or something. Oh. <laughs> so there you go. It's a random fun fact. Also, as well, just remembered something I read, that Eureka Machines were actually in Emmerdale. On one of their 40th anniversary episodes, they did like a fake festival. Okay. And they were one of the bands that played on it. So just as aside from the music, some random facts. But on the whole, we just want to say, go check Chris out. Follow him on Twitter, Instagram. Go listen to his music and buy his music, more importantly. Yeah, because it's really good. Yeah. Right, so we've made it to the end of the episode. It's actually ended up being longer than we expected. We've survived. The paracetamol is now wearing off, so we're going to get gone. But as always, thank you for listening. Really appreciate it. If you've enjoyed what you've been listening to, please give us a like, share, follow, five-star rating on Spotify. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at ReadyToMoshCast. And we're also on YouTube at ReadyToMosh. And I think that is everywhere, so... We'll be back again next week, hopefully sounding better with a new episode. Make it stop, Moog. It won't stop.